welcome back to episode 263 of For the Love of Cinema. This is 263B, where we'll now talk about The Power of the Dog, a Netflix original. Dog with, power. Dog power, indeed. With you for that discussion, Grayson, Roger, and Chris. Is that how it works for power? This is the Paw Patrol movie. Oh, this right. talk, yeah, this is it right here. All right, for the episode God, talking contrasting films, that would be. <laughs> for the episode talking about the unforgivable, also another Netflix original, the whole box office breakdown, what streaming and trailer talk. Check out episode two hundred and sixty-three A, which posted on Tuesday, February first. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about another Netflix movie, The Power of Dog. Let me get some. Well, let me get the the Rotten Tomatoes out of the way. Tomato meter, or as Roger says, tomato meter, ninety-four percent. The audience score. 85%. Dog meter. 10 of 10. Wood pen? <laughs> Wood pet. Wood pen. Like, whoa. <laughs> Wood pet this dog. Now let's get some... Uh, let's get some... Uh, uh, out of the way with the... Do- Jane Campion is the director. Uh, we have a very good cast. Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith-McPhee, Jesse Plemons... And I wanted oh George George Mason. I wanted to also mention. All right, Roger and Chris, give us your give me your ten seconds on this one. So uh, this movie is a lot of angsty walking around and staring at people. Mm. Fiend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane Campion. This is right in her wheelhouse of what she likes to do. Um, I have not seen The Piano, but I have seen Bright Star. I was a big fan of Bright Star. I haven't seen the, I'm willing to bet The Piano is very similar because Bright Star is just like this. So I'm willing to bet this is her style. I'm not a big Campion fan. I've only saw The Bright Star because I, I, I was just, it was just on one of the streaming services not too long ago. But um, I, I, I've noticed some similarities between the two. So let's jump in then. Let's talk about because we one discussion we've had when we were talking about this movie on a previous episode was Cumberbach. Does he fit into the Western world? What do you guys yeah. think? I mean, I think I think he nails it. I, I think he. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is a nineteen twenty five someone in nineteen twenty five doing cattle driving for sure. Nails it. But he, I mean, he's he's a wonderful actor though. I want to talk about his American accent for one second yeah. because it is very similar to his Doctor Strange. All that. I mean, this this is how Benedict Cumberbatch plays American guy, right? Doesn't matter what time frame, this is his voice. Yeah. He has it works, but it's so weird because it has no like dialect to it. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like he has no specific place he's from. It's just like not like North, you know, not like New England, you know, Texas Southern, you know, Pittsburghese. Generic American dude A. It just (laughs) just like I imagine this is what someone in Kansas sounds like. <laughs> Dead smack in the center of the. I did. I just think that that's incredible. Like how yeah. it doesn't have any kind of oh, yeah. thing, and he does it really, really well. He, so does. he does. I wasn't making fun of that. It was just. I think that's so interesting how he does that. No, I mean that's just what I mean. That's he's also one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood right now. Like one sure, of the and he ten, deserves so. it. He certainly does. So, Roger, what's this one about? So honestly, that's a that's a tough thing to say. Yeah. Um, this I guess the heart of the story is you see two brothers that own a own a giant ranch. Uh, a with beautiful a giant ranch, by yeah. the way. In, incredible home, by the way. Um, it was a giant giant ranch, and 
you know, one brother ends up getting married to a widower, brings the widow, widow, not widower. That's a totally different kind of person. I mean, listen, <laughs> if it fits the movie, it does. Um, <laughs> he, they get married. She has an angsty, you know, teenage college age son that ends up moving in with him. And this is just how it ends up being angsty. You got a better word for it. He's the opposite of angsty. He's no, I I think Roger's right. I think he he yeah. is like he is like pent up angst. He definitely he is, is pent he up is, angst. He is as angsty as he gets. He's weird and serial killery, but yeah, that's like angsty. Oh, all right, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so he brings them to live there, and then it's like the weird rift that's driven between the brothers and the that whole family, and it's really hard to put into words. Yeah, no, you're not incorrect on just, that. Just know that there's a lot of like staring. A lot of brooding and walking movie. away and brooding. A lot of brooding. Lotting, brooding is a good word. But a lot of those, a lot of those quips, a lot of those conversations you're talking about. Singing barbs. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like how, 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 um, what, what's his name? He calls him Fatso, right? Yeah. I like how his stinging quips and barbs are him literally just looking at his brother and then walking away. Yep. Like before his brother wants him to, it's like, yeah, well, we're done here, and he just goes off and does something else. Well, that's, I mean, that's I would very like you characteristic. To wash up then he just stares at him and then walks away. <laughs> but like that's the whole thing with you know, the that's the that's the whole thing with like some of that dialogue is you gotta have some of these guys that are so good to to pull it off. Oh, that yeah. di- that dialogue with with much weaker performers just it doesn't ring, it doesn't work. You know, but it's also the editing style. It, it all just blends together to make a thing. And it's important to note this is this is based from a novel yes. um, of the same man. And so this is 1925 Montana. Although to be honest, I prefer where it's shot because man, breathtaking just doesn't it's quite New do Zealand. it justice. New Zealand looks it's absolutely a, gorgeous. Yeah, this is actually part of a new, a new news, a new push by the New Zealand Film Commission to get more movies shot there. So yep, I'm all Aren't they about the Amazon Lord of the Rings. Yeah, thing down there no, too? no, no, that, that's in the UK now. Oh, okay, they no moved it, but I mean that's that's still Peter Jackson's territory for yeah for stuff, but. I mean, there, there's a whole new push to get lots more to get the New Zealand film industry like a much bigger player than it was. Which, look, if they give us good movies, I'm all about it. Give us, sure. give us good movies after good. Movies. We'll at least get some beautiful sets. Yeah, true. If nothing else, <laughs> that's, that's right. All right. So I think the, the the main character here, the movie is really kind of centered around is Cumberbatch's character, Phil Burbank. Phil Burbank. Burbank. Um, Burbank. Yes, Burbank. I almost forgot about Burbank. Yeah. He's Billy very George Burbank. He's a very complicated man, but as you learn very early on, he commands respect from everyone. Everyone listens to him, and he kind of he knows he knows that, and he takes pride and the weird, like perverse pleasure in the fact that everyone marches to the beat of his drum, except yep. so, his brother, and except the woman that his brother ends up marrying. Not not to make a weird joke of it, but the way the way you think about how everybody reacts to this dude is he's like the alpha of these people. Everything he does, everything you say, it's not questioned. They don't fight about it. Like there's a scene where they get up from dinner and as soon as he stands up and puts his hat on, immediately everybody else, all right, we're leaving. That's just how it's it's so strange that there's a spot during this movie where he walks through a cattle pen and the cows just get out of his way. You're just like, Jesus, what kind of aura does this dude I mean, have? He's, he's parting the cattle seat. Oh my goodness. That's actually kind of a cool way to look at it. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's by, again, I'm sure by design. Well, yeah. Well, this exudes power. Well, um, this guy is, this guy is a, is a rich cowboy is what well, he is. And he, and he's, empl- and they're employing 
ran, ranch hands. Well, you know what one, I mean? one step above that too. Not only is he rich, a cowboy, he's educated. Yeah. So he's the smartest guy in the oh, room. Yeah. Like the, he's the toughest, smartest dude. The the guys that are working for him, like 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 he's their pinnacle. That's yeah. that's who they all want to be. You know, you know what, what I appreciate about the, about the what you just said, Roger, about being educated is they didn't spoon feed us that information. You like, oh well, you know, Phil's educated. It was it was Phil's well, was parents. Well, Phi Beta Kappa at Yale. He said, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was Phil's parents are like he was Phi Beta Kappa at Yale, and this is what he does. Yeah. This is what he's doing right now. Where is he? I love it. Well, so well, so when you look at Phil, like you don't really unless, unless if George isn't there, you have no idea that this guy comes from money. No, you know what I mean. You don't know that. Until, you would think he earned it. Yeah, and here's the thing. Well, I assume he did earn it. Well, and here, well, here's the thing. I thought at first that these people came from nothing. And George was like the odd man out. I thought he was like, "What well, they have money now. He likes to dress nice. He wants to impress people." I thought he was the odd guy out. You learned that's not the case. It's the flip. No, and and also, how old are they? Because they say in the beginning, we've been cattle driving, cattle driving since nineteen hundred, and it's nineteen twenty-five. So I they're at least twenty-five. I'm assuming they're in the early forties. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Right? That makes sense. Because assume that you know he was, it went to Yale. So assume he graduated in his early twenties. Then tack twenty five years onto that. Maybe, so yeah. may, okay, let's call it mid forties. Yeah, maybe forty five, forty six ish. Anywhere from like forty three right? to forty six sounds about right. Sure, sure, right, sure. Yeah. Uh, and this is how I more. And we always talk about this. We just talked about it with the Unforgivable a little bit. Is I wish more movies were written like this in a way that it not the the style in which it's you know dialogue is. For instance, there's one. There's one dialogue exchange between the two brothers and Cumberbatch is coming down some stairs lighting a cigarette. And it literally takes three minutes for him to come down the stairs and get on. And then as soon as he gets down the stairs, bottom of the left, bottom of the stairs, his his brother, Jesse Plemons, just gets up and good night. Good night, Phil. It's like, literally his move. There's, 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 there's a huge power dynamic switch that happens several times in this movie and I appreciate it. But it's so subtly written. I, and like that's what keeps me enthralled in a movie like this. I think that is what separates, you know, the wheat from the chaff when it comes to wonderful filmmaking. Is the writing is on in this movie just is on a different level than 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 most. At least that's what I took away from it. That's my you know observation. Just having watched the movie and not having like broken down a whole lot yet in my head, but that's my observation. Is it's just so well written. There's there's almost no waste in the dialogue. Almost nothing is wasted. Well, there can't. Be well, there's not much. Well, 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 there can't be because this movie literally rides on on the dialogue the whole time. It's it all, does. It's, it's, it it's does. all you get out of this movie is dialogue. Well, so that better staring. Be. <laughs> there, there isn't dialogue. There is staring. Yes. Slow smoking. <laughs> brooded, occasional brooded smoking. Occasional banjo. I thought the banjo was the star of the movie. Honestly, it's the banjo actually good. has one of the better I, scenes. I wonder. Movie. If he can play the banjo, I'm sure he can. I'm sure. I he bet can. you that asshole was talented enough bet to do that. Because damn it, of course he can. <laughs> damn it, he's oh. handsome. He's talented. He can do everything. Handsome bastard. All right, but I mean, there are not many guys who can pull off the role. Like, I mean, there's a lot of cold staring with dead eyes. There's a lot of commanding a room with stature. I mean, sure. there's not many guys in Hollywood that can do that anymore. I say anymore because like the guys that could have done it last like a generation or two ago, like I just think wouldn't like Clooney doesn't do it, Brad Pitt doesn't do it, you know, Leo did it. I don't think he can do it anymore. Hemsworth may depends on the movie he's in. It's just it's it's all situational, but Cumberbatch just does it in such a different way. Mm -hmm. It's just it's it's kind of ethereal in the way he does it. And it works 
wonderfully for the movie. Like this was almost handwritten for him, almost tailor-made for him. So I mean, that's just, but he's also like a weird kind of dude in how he acts. He's just, he's just a weird dude that is like a character actor, but it, it works so well. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to keep just, you know, giving the man accolades because he I mean, listen, it, he's good in everything that he does yeah, so far. Damn Easy sure. enough. Yep. Yeah. Name, find me something he's bad in. Yeah. No, no, you, you couldn't because it doesn't exist. Huh. You ever watch Sherlock? Yeah. He's great. He's a good man. one too. Yeah. That show is amazing. Yeah. That's really what broke him out too. Yeah, it was. Sherlock I actually haven't was? seen very much of that yet. My, my wife's seen it though. Sherlock. Yeah. Sherlock was what really brought him like real, like UK stardom mm-hmm. that launched him up into everything else. I didn't, I didn't know that was Sherlock had did that. I thought he was doing so long before that, but Sherlock was good. Yeah, Sherlock. My my parents love Sherlock. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm that. a weird BBC nerd. Yeah, I get that. There's nothing wrong. BBC. I've never, never watched that. I've never watched that. People ask that all the time. You ever watch that? No, no, <laughs> no. I get I, drunk and watch Top Gear. Old Top Gear. <laughs> I like Merlin on BBC. I like Merlin a lot. Good show. Solid show. Anyway, this movie though. Yeah, let's get. Okay, so we talked. So we have Plemons and we have Connor Botch, the two brothers, and then we have Kirsten Dunst's character. Met who is to- Jesse Plemons is. Wife in real life? Did you know that? Yes, yes. I did not know that. That's they are married. Yeah, they're married. Well, they're not married. I think they're just together. With okay, friends. they are okay. So they have been together a long time. Then. Yes, maybe yes, I said yes. that incorrectly. They are partners. Yes, um, they're not married. I don't think. Something that you said, Roger, one time on a show was I forget who the actress was, but the point was the actress looks looked haggard in the movie. Mm-hmm. She looked, and you said to make her look haggard. That's an accomplishment. I think it's the same thing here to make. How do you make How do you make a really hot person look like shit? Kirsten Dunst hot. does look rough. I mean, she... yeah, when she's, when she's drinking in the alley, listen, oh, man, been there. <laughs> I mean, I usually don't get tauntingly whistled at from the, the room upstairs. I haven't but... been there. So yeah. no, <laughs> it's, it's a dark place. So, so let's talk about some of the motivation for these characters. Then if we're talking about one of the, I mean, how the, how the movie kind of plays out. So, our cattle hands, our ranch hands go to have dinner and they don't, they're served by her and her son, but her son, uh, I guess appears to be a little feminine. He likes to make flowers out of, out of, you know, a lot of, out of the linen, out of the, out of the paper. And, you they, know, they, they immediately start to make fun of him. He's artistic. They call him a Nancy. They, the they, they call him Nancy. Yes. And the, 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 the brother with more sense, Plemons goes to apologize Ends up falling in love with, uh, in love with his mom, Kirsten Dunst, and they end up, you know, they get married very quickly, as I think marriages back then would happen very quickly, yeah. and then they move in, and Phil, he's not having any of it. <laughs> he does not like these people. He wants them gone as soon as possible. But what turns into Phil turns into torturing. Eventually, turns into some weird kind of like, he's now accepted something about himself, and he's trying to explore that a little further. Does that make? Without being spoilery, I'm trying to not like spoil the plot, but well, I mean, because perhaps. he 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 mercilessly really kind of rides both of them, and even when he goes away to school, as soon as he comes back, quite literally, as soon as he steps out of the car, return trip from school for the semester, there him and his riders are like whistling at him, calling him Watch Nancy, and yep. yeah. it's just, I mean, as soon as he gets back, they are definitely on his tail. So I mean, it's. There's kind of the crux of the is, is you'll notice everyone in this movie is kind of under Phil's spell, 
except for his brother and except for the woman and except for the son. So, I don't know. If, I don't know if she's not. Yeah, I'll say. I think she is, just in a in, in a different. She's form. so intimidated by him. Yes. Like, all he did was stand at the top of the stairs and play the banjo, and it freaked her out from playing the piano for weeks. Yep. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think the real. See, I like that scene a whole lot. It was just to show you that he was better. It was to show you that he. Well, remember, he's educated. Yeah. Well, yeah, but. I mean, her her playing is is shit compared to his her piano playing is shit compared to his banjo playing. He was playing the banjo like any any of the best banjo players in the world would have played that banjo at the time for sure. He's a fine picker. <laughs> and that's I mean, that's what, what, banjo players are called. Thank what, you. what else would that scene have told you except to set up further you know further you know discord between the two and to show you that he's better. I mean, no. And you're right that that did keep her from playing the piano from company because she was she showed she was not great and she accepts it. I do think that was excellent when Phil shows back up after that and he just stares at him. But and again, he's like, "Sorry, I got in late." And the guy goes to shake his hand. He's like, "I wouldn't do it. Just get off a horse all day." <laughs> well, he's poking he himself down in his chair and starts takes a drag off a cigarette. He's he's poking fun at the fact that he he didn't wash up. Well, yeah, they, they asked cold. him to wash up before he came to dinner so he yeah. didn't stink, which honestly really isn't that unfair of a request. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I, the governor came to visit. <laughs> you know, maybe, just maybe, that's not the worst thing in the world you could ask for. No, of course not. But I mean, that, that was just his way of, again, asserting his dominance and authority over anyone else's. Yeah. And I just love the – Plemons character – George never he's never bothered by it. he just kind of seems annoyed by it. he's like, okay Phil all right well, you do your I thing. mean he's got to be he's got to be used to his brother's shit and sick of his brother's shit by that point you know what I mean yeah he's well, not yeah. surprised by any yeah. of it it's 40 years of it 40 years you know someone pretty well for especially but also I think the the hardest it was funny the hardest thing for him to see with his brother was that he needs to take a bath yeah uh, he's this is real hard for me to yeah like, like that was like the hardest conversation he had with his brother the whole time was that moment, and I thought that was actually kind of interesting for their dynamic. You really think that was a hard conversation to have? I mean, he said straight up it was hard for him to ask him. Yeah, that. you saw the scene, right? Like he could he couldn't get it out, but like he couldn't say the words to him. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's an, that's an interesting uh, power dynamic there. He had an easier time bringing his new wife home <laughs> than yeah, because he just did it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> then going hey. <laughs> You should take, really, please take a bath. Yeah, you should really stop Phil, stinking. You smell like shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, dog, take a bath. Well, so, and I think that goes to him understanding his brother too a little bit. He knows, he knows that there's a reason why that's important to Phil. He he might not like know exactly why, but Phil has has a, has a he's very ritualistic in in a few things because Bronco Henry wouldn't have bathed. See, Bronco Henry is a big is a big story moment. I mean, Bronco most- Henry existing in the story is a big deal. The, I mean, the most, like, I don't know, the most, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, yeah, go, go ahead. I'll come back to it if I remember. Well, we're, we're to take those Bronco Henry, especially the weird scene with um, Phil in the in the, in the the pasture with with Bronco's handkerchief. I don't know what I was going to say. We're to, we're, to, we're, we're to understand that it was more than just, at least to Phil, it was more than just a friendship. Well, no, it absolutely was. But here, I, yeah. I think that, that his time with Bronco Henry was literally the most important and the happiest days of his life. Like those are the like those are when he, like those are the most impactful things and I think he doesn't want to leave that time of his in his mind as much as he as much as he possibly can. That's why he wants to smell like he's been in the pasture all day long. That's why he 
That's why he only bays in the river. That's why he only does all those kind of things. I think it's because that is where he wants to be in his head at all times. Well, but but also he wants, I mean, for two reasons. The fact that he loves that lifestyle and he was more than infatuated with Bronco. Yeah, maybe he wasn't just his mentor. Yeah, well, I mean, yep. but like, I feel it's safe to say that he wasn't just the mentor. At least, I mean, uh, pretty sure he was his lover. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like we have no evidence to think it was just in Phil's head. I mean, no, it wasn't. We're, no, we're led to believe that those two men had a relationship, and Bronco was taken much too early, and Phil just never recovered from it. Which I mean, he sank deeper into his Phil persona. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think if he was taken much too early, he was like he was in his like upper fifties on uh, on that saddle. Thing, yeah, which okay. back then would have been about it. It would have been knocking yeah. on the door of. Yeah, if you didn't have money, especially. Yeah, I know you're not wrong about that. You're mm-hmm. not wrong. Yeah. So let's talk about. Not- let's, so let's talk about. Can you? We often talk about. You know, if if there's like a, a specific house, like I mean, we consider the Scream House almost like a character in the Scream movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we consider, do we consider the you know where they are supposed mansion. to? It, yeah, the that small area of Montana. Are, are we can? Is it okay for me to consider that a character? Sure. Like I think those so. Those wonderful, you know, those wonderful hills and, I mean, just breathtaking cinematography, just out of this world cinematography. Um, so I almost included that as a character because we I mean we see those massive shots of the rolling green hills so many times that you'd almost have to accept it as like right or am i wrong about that i think you're right the only thing that i was surprised with is they don't really talk in like heavy montana snow like we got well, also like, snow but yeah. it's also a pain in the ass to to work in snow and i mean it, it didn't no, I, I mean where they shot it though do they but i mean that's like there? real time you know montana ranch and life mm-hmm. yeah no you're not wrong i mean they refer to it sure. as you know the weather turning and they had to you know, two guys had to sleep naked next to each other in a, what do they call it, a, a bottling bag? Or I forget what they called it, but just to stay alive. Um, but I mean, that's, again, that's very carefully chosen and written dialogue for the characters involved. For love. Um, yeah, so I just, the, I think the backdrop or the setting of this film almost has to be considered a character. Which I thought yeah. they, they did expertly. Like, they did it so well. So let's, uh, let's talk about uh, the sun coming back into play when he gets back home and Phil decides that he's going to take him under his wing for reasons unknown <laughs> to most people, you know, that he ends up saying he's going to make a rope for him and teach him how to ride and toughen him up a little bit. What's that all about? That's how it happened to him. No, I, I, I understood yeah. that, but yeah, it, I mean. it, it, to that point it was just kind of out of left field. Well, I think it's what transpires with them right before that, though. I think it's you know he 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 didn't want him in in, in that like his like his little hidden valley area, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that sexually, no, but I um, mean <laughs> maybe you should maybe I mean eventually. Well, hold on, hold on, but isn't it? I mean, isn't that kind of isn't that kind of telling you something about the sexuality of the man involved? What do you mean? Like, I mean, it's something like that would not have been accepted in 1925. Well, I mean, wasn't. it's barely accepted now. That's my point, though, is like after he accepted it about himself is when he started to take the young boy under his wing and like teaching him how to ride and how to like how to scavenge. And he's teaching yep. him about being a being a Montana rancher. What makes yeah. you think he doesn't accept it about himself? Oh, no, I think he's accepted about himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I, I don't I think feels very comfortable with Phil. Yeah. Well, I think hold, hold, on, hold on a second. But then why? 
okay, you may be right about that, but then why the immediate, hey, Nancy, that's a that's a pretty rose you made serving us dinner, Nancy. Like, why then why and started with that? Because that's tough Phil persona. Yeah. That's like, alpha Phil. But that's, that's alpha. Perfect. But if, if, if that boy hadn't done that, it would have been a normal, just a normal boy who was just serving dinner and hadn't made roses out of the linen. They wouldn't but have also, done that. That also, in Phil's mind, could have been the end of their interactions with their life. Yeah. That's a good point, I guess. I, just, I took it as... I mean, Phil's just a dick. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So so I don't think Phil's a problem with who he is. I think he has to be an actor to everyone else around him because that's because back then it wasn't accepted. But well, that's what I mean, though. He's okay. and, and then towards the end, he just chooses not to hide it anymore. And maybe he'll no, make no, a go of this. He begins grooming somebody. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, yeah. he, he isn't not hiding it. He's just he's just make, he's just oh, he's just covertly making passes towards Peter. He's not not and less and less covertly at the end too. Well, yeah. Well, here's the thing: those are still even those are even still coded towards him because you because you have to be careful about that kind of stuff back then, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't think he doesn't accept it. I think it's I think he knows exactly who he is. Yep. I think he's just I think he starts trying to lean more and more towards the chance to to be with to be with Peter's what Pete whatever his name is at that okay, point. Th- okay, yeah, I, I think that's accurate. You know, sure, sure. Um, and now we talk about the, the, the events that transpire towards the ending of the movie are just involving anthrax and a cowhide. And it's, just, it's just very strange. But, I mean, again, fits in the universe that were the story, the backdrop the story is told in. So, I mean, it fits. It just – it was kind of, I think, a stretch. But it wasn't so much a stretch to you guys as it was to me. I thought that was a, really a stretch. I mean, it really just hits super hard and fast though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it certainly. I mean, one character's deliberate actions lead to the downfall of one man. Completely intentional. Oh yeah, one hundred percent intentional. I think that's what that that moment is that we get with the cigarette is is one man thinks that you know a door is opening for him, you know, for possibly the rest of his life, and, and someone an- else is shutting that. Another door man is shutting the door on the life period, and he knows it. You yep. know what I mean? And it's just a very it's a very powerful wordless moment in the movie, which I think is probably the best scene. Of your, of oh, movie. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I don't think. I think there are a lot of really great moments in this movie, though. I don't think oh, there's any one. I don't think there's one like way more powerful than the others, but there are several that would contend with some of the best moments in the movie. Sure, sure. Um, what are some things you guys didn't like about this movie? Because there wasn't a whole lot I didn't like. I mean, there is just a lot of weird, awkward staring. So I'll counter your question with: I don't think there was a lot to like, but there wasn't a oh. bunch to dislike. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a ton of things in this movie that are great. I think there are enough good things in this movie, and there aren't any things to dislike. I think is better is how I see the movie. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. I can't argue with you on, on that one. That's one, that's one I thing I think doesn't fit into this movie is like Phil's little gay hideaway clubhouse <laughs> built into the woods. Like, you know, I understand by that point we're supposed to accept that Phil is at least. Um, by curious. Well, I wasn't going to go that, but <laughs> at least it's potentially gay. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And then it just seems so out of character for him, in my opinion, to have this little, like, cubby set, like, set away that has, like, pictures of, like, mostly naked dudes. Like, I just don't – I don't see how that fits Phil's persona. Why would he have that there yeah. to begin with? Well, I mean, he ain't going to have it in his house. You know what I, I mean? think the house is safer because listen, would you go into Phil's room? No, 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 you wouldn't. The help would. 
I don't know about that even. Well, I mean, <laughs> I I mean you're not wrong on, on that, but it's possible they would. I mean, that I mean? whole place is Phil's domain. So, okay, so let me ask you. So, let me that's ask probably you where, That's probably where him and, him and um, Bronco, Bronco and, no, were. I, I get that. So I that, that I understood. The place is At least, to yeah, that's all special to him. Yeah. So, let, let, let me ask you this question, and, and I'm not going to be spoilery with it. So, in the end of the film, we, we have literally the movie ends with two characters coming back from a funeral and another character looking out the window. Are we to take that as the character looking out the window? And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Is he now going to somehow get rid of the other brother? No, I don't think so. No? No. Never got that vibe. No, he was doing it for his mother. Mm, I'm not, I don't think, see, I never got, I, I never got the vibe that he liked either brother. Well, he might not. He might not he like him, but like Phil. yeah, <laughs> Phil was a problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he this knew dude, Phil's. Yeah, you know. this dude, whatever, loves my mom. This dude's an ass. You yeah, know what I mean? I, like, I gotcha. I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, in part, for at least half of what happens to uh, to Phil, Pete is doing that for his mother. At least, at least half of it. You know what I mean? The other half are his reasons, but he's doing that for mom just as much as for himself. Sure. Well, because well, he's he's seen mom spiral, right? You know, uh, mom mom's in shit. Shape. Mom's not doing well, well and, with the with the drinking and yeah. I mean, Phil of course is, not. Phil is the catalyst that begins that. Like he's the reason why that starts, and well, not starts, but he's the reason why it gets as bad as it does. And his and he sees that, and he sees Phil as one of the things that's hurting his mother. Okay. That's what, that. that's what I got from it. Anyway. Sure, no, I, I I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah, I perceive art differently than some people might, but I think that's exactly what happened with his story piece. I, I mean, I don't think there's. I think the ending is certainly open for interpretation. Um, sure. I mean, just like most is that a films character? are. <laughs> what is? What art? Oh, art. Artie. Artie. Like what up, Artie? Art the ranch. He's hand. the one that didn't have a shirt on at the at the the, the river scene. Is he the one that put the cowboy hat over his junk and laid there in the sun? <laughs> Because, you know, yeah, yeah. Or it's just we dude. do see some Cumbershaft in this movie. <laughs> Benedict Cumbershaft. <laughs> so we okay, got briefly, through. briefly, yes, some you do butt. see that. Thank you, Roger, for pointing some that some out. Side meat. <laughs> some side meat. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We're here for hard hitting analysis, folks. This is what I'm here for. Roger Stillian, no, just it's called Side Meat Colon, the Roger Stillian story. Cumbershaft. I think Cumbershaft is funnier than Side Meat. All right, can we not? Okay, let's just move past that. Um, Dude, I got 20 minutes based on this dick, so I don't know. You do see Cumberbatch. Okay, let me ask you Let me ask you something. Just as something, just is, you think that'd be just as weird for the crew as it would for the, for the, for the talent? Nah. You don't think so? I think I think especially with somebody like Bennett Cumberbatch who is at the level that he is, that doesn't bother him. Yeah, and just, he, I just, mean he's at the highest level. There, just there is. this part of the show, man. He's a yeah. pro, bro, doing pro things, bro. Like that's all that is. He's a pro, bro. He does look like he smells bad in this movie. Like he I does. said months ago when we first saw this trailer. <laughs> <He really laughs> like yeah, this is this is a movie where it looks like everybody smells bad. <laughs> so let me before we move into squad, I want to ask you guys: Did you like this movie? I did. It's very obvious. I love this movie. There's so much. I thought it did so many things well. Does does like and think it's good? Are they the same thing? No, they're not. No, no. You can. They're two. They're two very different things. 
I, I don't think I did. I don't think I liked this movie. I like Phil. Phil's a blow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can see why this movie is getting some praise. Absolutely. I mean, Cumberbatch is a, is a goddamn master. So this. is Christian Dunst, too. Yeah, yeah. He kills it. Oh, yeah. And But it's just one of those things where this is another one of those movies where not a lot happens, you know, and I have to – and the whole – the opening narration of this movie comes full circle at the very end. And it's not a short journey to the end of this movie. So for me to have to watch this entirety and hold my attention the whole time and feel like a long runtime to get the payoff, it's a little bit tough. Well, I think it's a difference. I think there's a difference in what, okay. So an action movie that's two hours seems a whole lot shorter than the power of the dog, even though, they're literally both two hours long, you know, 120 yep. minutes. One movie, I mean, Power of the Dog seems longer because there's nothing yep. that like moves you from one place to the other super quick. But yeah, I get that. But it, it, you're mo- in a movie that is purely dialogue, you're going to have that though. Yeah, I you're not wrong. That. I mean, it's sure. I mean, there's, and it's all it is is dialogue and, and riding a horse and, and one guy looking off to the right and the other guy like, oh, what are you looking at? And looked off to the right. It's just, yeah. But I mean, that's what you get in. The, I mean, this is a western. You know, westerns have a certain westerns go a certain way. You know, <laughs> they go <laughs> what? They go a certain way of there's either tons of action or almost no action. This isn't a western. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No, it absolutely is. This yeah. is a character piece in a western setting. It's not a western movie. Well, hold on a second. How do you differentiate the two? Correct. I believe it's a western period drama. Yeah, this is a western drama. This is hundred percent a western. No, this character piece is not a western movie. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I just, All right. Fair. Oh, okay. I mean, that's okay. I can be wrong. You, well, Everyone is once. We both can be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I wholly think this is a Western period drama. Hmm. I don't know. What's the, what's, the, what's the what's the Chris? Why do you have such a problem with calling it? Even if it is a peer, uh, a character study period piece, why why do you have a hard time adding Western to that descriptor? Because it's just it's not what you think of when you think of a Western movie. Uh, besides, uh, besides the year it's in. It's not a Western action movie. It's not a Western action movie, no. But it's 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 more everything else that it is than a Western. You ever watched the movie Hell or High Water? That's a Western. That but that, that that's modern day. So, but it, okay, that that one is a Western. Okay, well that's this is not that though. Oh, it is not. <laughs> but I mean, that's I'm trying to explain to you. Yeah, that's yeah. how, like, for me, where Western just doesn't mean time frame. Well, yeah, it could be modern day. It could be a period piece. It could be a drama like this is Maybe you know so. that's yeah but it's not just a western yeah i it's a western drama to me mm-hmm. is that better for you yeah i, I guess yeah it's just, i just i think it just i think it hones in on the character piece of phil okay more well, than no, anything no. else listen it is definitely a character piece yeah. about phil sure yeah. but i also think it's a western character i guess <laughs> fair yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna side with roger on this one i think western definitely yeah. is one of the descriptor words for this one if you're just telling someone what sure. is that i get you and there's yeah, I just there's not a lot I didn't like. So I'm you like this movie? Things. Me and Chris probably don't. Yeah, that's what it seems. You know what's funny about that is like, but I, I know that. Listen, I know that he's great. I know that yeah, Chris Kirsten Dunst is great. Yep, I agree with those. You know what's funny about this? Like, I thought I was gonna love the tender bar, and I didn't. I know, it's and weird. It, it was weird because yeah, I, that. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I mean, it's just one of those. I just movies sometimes catch me in certain ways or whatever. I just and those this. I also expected something different going into it. I didn't expect the movie we got, and maybe it's because you know we don't see trailers for these movies on on Netflix ever. 
maybe once if we Not look at really, it on the show. Yeah. But yeah, so it's very different looking at these movies on Netflix because, we, I mean, you're going into it kind of knowing nothing except for the cast. So, I mean, there's always that advantage. At least, look, at least these movies aren't ruined a hundred times by you see the trailer a hundred. I mean, Roger, you got to thankful, be thankful for, for that. Yes. One trailer, people. Yep. One trailer. Single trailer. See, I'm not of that same. I like a teaser and then a trailer and then nothing. I mean, I mean, I don't want there to be one teaser and four trailers. Just give no. me a 10 second teaser and then a trailer and then we're done. Wait for the movie to come out, watch it, enjoy it, whatever. So, we should we move the score of this game thing then? I think sure. so. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else that needs to I be will volunteer to go first. All right, my man, do it. So, listen, I, I understand. Um, I think you guys are going to get a pretty good idea. Me and Chris is that we weren't really fans of this movie. Um, listen, I think Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible in this movie. Um, I think Kirsten Dunst is great. I think most of the characters are pretty well done. Overall, though, I don't really like this movie. Um, there's like a, all jokes aside, there really is just a lot of staring and smoking and staring and what like short bursts of dialogue. And then all the stuff that does happen at the end is actually very interesting. And that's all that happens. Um, so like they, they beat this drum really, really slowly to the end and it's like rapid fire. And then it's just kind of over. Um, I do think that I, I would recommend this pe- for most people just to watch it just because of who's in it and the power that it has. But I think this movie is just a five for me. Um, I, I have a hard time because of how good some of the actors are to give it a much lower score than that. But this movie will not be for everybody. Um, so there's that. Chris, you want to go next? I want to go. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, go, I'll, go, I'll go. The power this movie has. I see what you did there. Yeah, I didn't go. do that on purpose, actually. Uh, all right, well, whatever. I so, am clever, but not that clever. <laughs> so I, I, I don't want to echo a lot of the same things Roger said, but it, they're similar to how I feel. This is a this is a movie that feels like it's runtime, which you know it's not saying that it's 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 a bad thing, but in a dialogue driven movie, it's gonna feel like it's runtime. Now it could have felt longer, but it is a good movie, you know, in what it delivers to us, and you know. Fantastic performances, beautiful setting, like the all, like the shots, the cinematography. Damn, I talk about the setting. I, I got you. I got you. The cinematography of this is gorgeous and it is stunning. And growing up in in a, in a place, I've been in, I've been to the desert and I've grown up in with hills around me, and it just it captures all that very well. It just not a lot happens in this movie, and it takes a long time to come full circle to what it wants the story it's trying to tell, and it's got. A couple powerful scenes and one really good scene. I can't go higher than a four for this for me though, because I don't even think I could recommend it unless you want to see Cumberbatch. Like that's that's Cumbershaft. even. So I think this movie's a four only because it's hard to just dig in and really give this movie the honest praise and recommendation to anyone I asked me about it. It's just it's not going to be for everybody, and it wasn't my kind of movie in that sense. All right, my turn. I'm gonna start by saying, Roger, you have a great cackle when you when you <laughs> say something, and then you hear you laughing in the background, just trails off. It's a great, it's a great witch cackle. You have a good one. Yep. I think you guys are. I, I've struggled with this now for a day and a half. I, this to me is an eight and a half. <laughs> if I mean, I want to give it a nine. I just don't think it's a nine, but it's certainly up there. I love so much of what this movie does. I think Cumberbatch is maybe one of the strongest performances of the year. Um. There's there's a lot going on in this movie subtextually. I like that. I like it when film doesn't spoon feed things to you. I, I love it when they you know 
you're supposed to pick out things from the dialogue and if you miss it you just miss it um this movie it screams watch me intelligently don't be scrolling through your phone don't be don't be on facebook don't be doing anything else uh, to, to me this is just like this is one of the best reasons to have netflix right now is the power of dog and i just i love it power of the dog sorry um we didn't talk about the bible verses in it too that i think makes it you know one of the better things is the bible verse in, in referring to the title of the, the title of the, of the film but there are like chris said there are a lot of great scenes in this a lot of great dialogue exchanges and it's it doesn't when a movie like this comes along and then and they i mean and this when they were auditioning people and taking off and they were offering people roles there weren't many offers that went out i mean they they need to get the best of the best for this and plemons is certainly up there Cumberbatch is certainly up there Kirsten dunst is certainly up there because they kill it in this i think everyone does a fantastic job i think this is a wonderfully yeah, made right. movie mm -hmm. yeah. a wonderfully made movie i'm giving it eight eight and a half Whew. i know i just I, i'm surprised we were so different on that but you know to each their own but man i, yeah, I, I yeah. loved it i loved it Great. I love awkward silences. It's wonderful. <laughs> this has been episode. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Roger were, were mimicking the, the long brooding stairs in this movie. Thank you. Were you guys it just standing at each other? Doesn't translate. Yes, we locked eyes. Well, it was yeah. intense. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. This has been episode 263 B of fourth love of cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 AM on the podcast service of your choice. Okay. iTunes, Podbean, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment to rate or subscribe. Every little bit helps. Most importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook. Always posting things there. And check us out on YouTube. Also send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at two more Netflix movies, The Edge of War and The Home Team.